we're actually seeing is the systematic. What we're actually seeing is the systematic implementation of the fall of the republic and the rise of the corporation of the United States. Every major event is is a step in the ladder to achieve that end. COVID is just another rung in the ladder, which is why there's a deliberate mixing of all the wordplay, right? I mean, we should stop calling it, you know, quarantine. That's a term designated for people that are verified sick. This is a house arrest mandated by the state. You should stop calling it, you know, social distancing. There's nothing social about forced isolation. Uh, we should stop saying safer at home when millions of Americans don't have basic necessities adequate to fit their needs. It assumes that everybody's home is equally as safe as the people that are making the statements. We should stop saying, you know, uh, this is for the greater good, right? When you close the economy, killing millions of businesses that families have worked generations to establish, that's anything but good. We should stop saying this is the new normal. That's just blatant mind control drivel. There's nothing normal about forced isolation, you know, treating your neighbor like they have the plague, breathing your own bodily waste, wearing masks, living in constant fear of contamination. That's normal. I mean, after all, if the virus is so deadly, why hasn't it wiped out the homeless who don't social distance, wash themselves regularly, let alone, you know, live in or have access to a sterile environment? Last year, 1.5 million people died of tuberculosis. Why were you not wearing a mask during the tuberculosis pandemic? You were endangering, you know, public health and safety along with billions of other uh, people around the globe. So why didn't you wear a mask? I'll tell you why. Because the mainstream media didn't tell you to wear a mask. <laughs> right? And so because, because the 1.5 million people died from tuberculosis, there was no tuberculosis pandemic any more than there's a coronavirus pandemic what you're really participating in is a beta test for ai systems and facial recognition see these cameras work best when people are you know distance apart now that they're, now they're actually testing through machine learning how to recognize you know a face that's partially covered it's also a way to easily determine who's compliant and who's not who does the propaganda work on and who it doesn't now get this, you know, there, there's some ironies that are here, right? A, so, a society that kills millions of babies a year for convenience has shut itself down to prevent adults from dying. People that on the one hand slaughter babies in the womb by the millions are now preaching uh, to the masses about the, the sanctity of human life. It's double speak, double talk. It's the two, it's the two doctrine policy. One for the initiated, one for the uninitiated. One for the inner circle, another for the masses. It's like saying, you know, if I violate the stay-at-home order, I can be arrested, but you're letting convicted criminals out of prison so they don't get coronavirus. Thesis, antithesis, synthesis. If there's a real pandemic, does it require, you know, uh, faulty virus models, rigged test results, 81% false positives, inaccurate news reporting, staged hospital overruns, manipulated death certificates? Nope. You know, when the government shuts down you know, millions of small businesses but doesn't lay off any government employees, it's not about the health. Hmm? When the state bans dentists from practicing but deems it necessary for abortion clinics to stay open, it's not about your health. When the, the, the state prevents you from buying seeds for your garden, but allows you to purchase lottery tickets, it's not about your health.
an institution that you know has the ability to destroy all of Earth through you know alleged nuclear warfare should not regulate personal self-defense. You know, an institution that's caught trafficking drugs shouldn't be able to regulate plants. An institution that's racked up $23 trillion prior to coronavirus in debt shouldn't be allowed to manage the retirement fund. Hmm? An institution that was caught spreading STDs should not be allowed to run health care. And people are really concerned about public health and safety, you know, in general. But, you know, they don't care if people, you know, um, eat garbage, drink poison, smoke cancer, and take prescription drugs, but think that toilet paper, hand sanitizer, or mask are going to protect them from the boogeyman coronavirus. You know, this is a special kind of stupid that I can't address here. You should ask yourself uh, some, a couple basic questions. When did you consent from, you know, you creating a government to serve you to you serving the government ruling over you? If you want to know, you know, who's in charge, just think about who you can and can't criticize. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Let's Talk Shop. I uh, just played you a clip of, uh, of I'm not even sure who it is, uh, a guy I work with who we agree with a lot on uh, political views. Um, he sent me that. And, uh, I thought it was very interesting because coincidentally, my next podcast, which is now, was going to be about how I felt about COVID. Because all of a sudden, as the riots have died down, the... COVID has risen again. How convenient. So, when it first started, when COVID-19 first started, and it was in Japan or China, I thought, like, it would make you here. But I didn't think, I thought, because of how unsanitary, like, the rumors, I've never been to China, but the how unsanitary they have, like, you know, food over other foods, uh, how there, how crowded it is there in some places. Thinking here, like it won't be as severe. Well, then it turned out to be, uh, if not more severe, uh, than China, the way it was being pl- portrayed. And, uh, like this person who the clip that I played earlier was talking about the, the, uh, men, you know, staying home, six uh, six feet of uh, social um, distancing, all those kind of things. Uh, to, like all the things that they've been saying in the beginning, I believe it was true. Like uh, I, I wasn't fearful of my life. I've been, um, you know, I get the flu maybe every three or four years. Um, I get something that, that are keep me down for about 24 hours once a year. Um, I have, um, allergies that, um, every once in a while will cause me to use an inhaler, but, uh, you know, my skin may break out, but I've never been like the person that got every germ that came out every year. I haven't gotten the flu every single year. Like I'm the guy who like calls off work two times a year because I'm sick. If I call off more than that, it's because of my, you know, babysitting or something like that. Nothing ever really serious about my health. So uh, and then it, I even took it in effect to start eating more healthy before this all happened, to start eating more um, 
healthier uh, to make a routine checkup with my doctor, which I recommend everyone start doing that, like make a habit of doing it now so you don't have to try to, to catch up, play catch up later. Because a lot of things changes over your, your with your body over time. Like seriously, after like 20, I told one of my coworkers, you know, after you turn like 27, 28, stuff just doesn't heal the way it used to. So, so in the beginning, I was very, uh, I was nervous, but I, w- I wouldn't say scared, but I was nervous. Um, I had planned a trip to go see my grandmother, um, which I will get to that. She lives in Arizona because um, I haven't seen her in forever. I used to live with her and I went from, you know, living with her to not seeing her as much to not seeing her at all or even talking to her. So anyways, uh, so I was fearful that, that they I might not be able to see her, especially with the whole issues with people who live in nursing homes and all that kind of stuff. So um, so to get to it, like what has COVID-19 done to the U.S.? Um, I, before I go on, I just want everyone to remember for the party animals, for the lames, <laughs> for everyone who in their senior year of high school, I'm just going to talk about that right now because um, if I had to take a priority list of people who I feel bad for, um, despite like the people who have like died due to COVID, literally due to COVID, not from some underlying issue. Uh, if I had to take a priority list of who I felt bad for the most that is living without COVID-19, it would be first the lives of these um, 17 year olds and 18 year olds who are in their last years of adolescence and are going into their first year of adulthood. And to, to me, I, I remember uh, getting ready for my senior year um, as an 11th grader and um, having these expectations, what kind of student I was going to be, or saying expectation, what kind of student I was going to be entering my, my senior year. And maybe some of you guys thought of that. Maybe some of you did. Some of you like um, took high school very serious. Some of you just thought that it was just a bump in the road or something that's just hold, you know, just something you had to get through just so uh, you can go on with life. But when I went to my senior year, um, you know, before there's only two subjects that I did really well in math and science. That was it. For my senior year, I told myself I was going to do really good in language arts, my electives, and my like. Like your social studies class, you're like econ and American history and all that kind of stuff. I told myself I was going to do good in those classes. And I did. I read every book that was told to be, you know, that we had to read read in our senior year. Uh, I did every homework assignment, every project. I was proactive instead of, or I was um, on t- pretty much on top of things versus the normal um, procrastination that I would do. So, um, I wrote a book. <laughs> I did all these kind of like things that no one thought I probably would do, but they knew I had the potential to do it. They just like my teachers are so like uh, taken back and caught off guard at the response I gave to them because I took my same year seriously. I, I wanted to do well on um, going into college. I wanted to be prepared. I wanted to colleges to accept me. I wanted to be looked at. Although the, what I didn't know is that colleges look at you from your ninth grade to your t- senior year to see, like, you know, if you maintain the GPA that you have versus, you know, just you just pick one year where you can do good. So, I, you know, I still got accepted to quite a few schools, just not like Michigan or, or Michigan State, which I didn't apply for Michigan State, which I didn't want to go to Michigan State. So it don't even matter. 
I did apply for like Arizona, which I don't know why. I told myself I was going to go to Arizona to go to school, but I never did. And I'm cool with that. I never, after I, I got into college, I realized that I don't think I wanted to live that far. But so I remember all the things I did in my 11th grade year, preparing myself for my senior year. How it was my senior year? Um, I just wanted to, like, I came out of a shell. So, um, like, I had one girlfriend who broke my heart. <laughs> and so, and like, during my senior year, I, like, had a couple of girlfriends. Um, not, like, none. They were exclusive, just uh, girls I was seeing. Um, and then... I skipped school two days. One was to go to the zoo, and then the actual was an actual uh, senior skip day where we all like uh, had a picnic at Belle Isle. And um, for some of you who may know, I don't think I have any listeners that, that live outside that, that don't know the Detroit area, but Belle Isle is an island um, between Canada and, and Michigan, and it's owned by the U.S. So, but you can see Canada from the the whole island. And then you can see downtown Detroit for parts of the island. So we picked the senior skip day. We went there. Um, we hung out. I don't even, I think that was probably the second time I ever drank in my entire life was at the, and I didn't even get drunk cause I was the driver. So uh, I think I had like two cause I wasn't drinking beer yet. Um, I had two like cocktails. So, but that was how I spent the senior skip day and some of my senior year. And now moving up to that, I did, I think I had like a 3.8 GPA just my senior year. Now my overall was like a 2.9. Um, so just my uh, senior year, I averaged 3.8. And I went across that stage like so excited, so ready for the next stage in life, ready to like party like it was my last night, which it was. Uh, as an adolescent and all my family were there. My parents were there. My grandmother came like so many people came and celebrated. And then we went back to my house. Um, at the time I drove an F-150. So I piled most of my, my friends in, my cousins and I, my two older cousins, uh, they showed us how to really do it. We, we go down to uh, another park. Um, actually I wasn't driving F-150 that night. Yeah. I was driving the, my mother's Mountaineer, which I tore that thing up. But now she got, she's going to find out. If she's listening today, she's going to find out what happened. So anyways, we go down there. Uh, <laughs> we've got we've got beer uh, from my dad's cooler. Um, we got alcohol that my, me and my family members had put in on. It was like Grey Goose. We, at a young age, you can afford to drink, like, per, per, you know, premier stuff. When you get older, you're like, eh, I'm going to go with Smirnoff. And then you go back to, like, I'm going to go with the premier. Like, that's how I'm now. I won't drink anything under 20 bucks. Uh, <laughs> so we go out and we're, we're getting drunk. I'm like talking to women, uh, like living like life, like an adolescent, like, um, partying, like, you know, to have these memories, to always be able to share to always like, you know, when I'm sitting in a room with a bunch of people that I used to hang out with tough that we can reminisce and laugh about. That's who we were at that time. Um, we did a lot of things. I, I think I got my mother's truck stuck in the mud and I'm trying to, thinking I could kick that thing a four-wheel drive or just drive all over the grass, but I didn't roll the I didn't roll the windows up, so all the mud got in the truck. So uh, she was pretty upset about that. I don't even think I told her what happened, really. I think this is how she's going to find out. So, uh, um, yeah, it was – I took my even my younger brother and my younger cousin out with us. They were like 14 at the time. 
and they weren't drinking, but they were having a good time. And I do remember my brother crying, but that's that's that story is that's not a, this is not the time for this. It's not the platform for it. So we uh so that was that, and then we had my graduation party, where you kind of say hi, bye to all your your that's what, I mean your family comes and they give you money, and they you know give you gifts, and you guys have a cookout. They look at old pictures of you, watch you know over the, how you grew up over the years, however you know. Uh, people, your family puts it together. How your parents put it together for you to celebrate your last year as a high school adolescent. So, um, your friends come from high school. Your friends come from like all over. Um, kids that you grew up in the neighborhood, they come on and it's like, do well in this next part of your life, and you you just kick it. It's just a good time. It's just good memories. But these kids aren't having that now. Like all these kids are graduating, they're not even. They just. They're, I mean, um, they have the hunk. And I know the parents are probably like, this is not how it was for me. This is what I wish you could have done. I mean, I hope my kids don't go and party like I did. But I know this something's going to happen where the, it's a most memorable moment if we're not still stuck in this ridiculous um, times, which I have. A, my daughter has a long way and my two munchkins have an even longer way. But just they're missing it. They're missing this. This is life. This is part of life. And we because of this, we've taken because of COVID, we've taken this experience from them. They can that's the one thing and most people should be never take advantage of is time. We haven't invented the time machine. Honestly, I don't think it's ever gonna be invented. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um but it makes everything Tomorrow, you know, yesterday, just more important because you will never get it back. And this time, they can never have back. These students can never have this back. These these kids, they can never get this back. Uh, and they're doing the best they can, but there's not this. This is going to be a year where they're going to make friends that were a year ahead of them in their next stage of their life. And they're going to have these experiences and the most they're going to say, well, COVID-19 shut it down. So we had, you know, me and my parents would have my aunts and uncles come over with my cousins. And we, you know, it was like 10 of us in the backyard because that's the most we could have over our house at the time. Everyone else drove down the street honking their horns with their cups hanging from their cars. Like that's the story that they're going to tell. Not the memorable about that other than the fact that it was whack. So that's, Priority list. I feel sorry for those guys. I've, these are, you know, this this today is just about the people, and, and then I think of like my my uh, elderly. Um, if they're, you know, they're on their last days, and you can't go in a hospital to see them, you can only get one person at at a time, and they have to be on the list to go see them. But you don't know if that this is it for them. You don't know if they're gonna go home again. And you can't go see them. You can't take the kids into the hospital. You know, only adults. No kids. In, in my experience with, with the Toledo Hospital, it could be different or in other states, but I'm pretty sure this this state is like the in-between lockdown. So it's not really, you know, it's not an extreme lockdown like, like Michigan and New York, but it's not like, you know, well, how Florida was or Tennessee. So I don't, you know, I don't know. I... I'm determined to go see my grandmother in October. I'm 
that it is like if I have to just get in a car and drive to Arizona, I'm going to do it if you know because I have to see her. If I have to, you know, take a bath and bust some windows to get inside the nursing home, I'm gonna have to do it. Okay, I'm really not going to do it, but it's going to be you know, I'm, I, I, there's something extreme. I'm, if they try to tell me no, I'm going to take um, because she's getting up there, and I don't know when the next time I'll get to see her. So I remember um, before. I had I have an uncle who who uh, recently passed last year, and I love I love my family. I love seeing them, but you gotta go. You have to go see them when they're doing good and bad. You can't just pick a time. Um, you can't always pick a specific time when you're gonna go see them. You gotta go see them when they need you to go see them. And uh, I didn't think he was doing well, which it turned out he he really wasn't. But I called my brother up. I said, "Hey, let's go see Uncle Rob." I'm taking my, my babies with me. You bring yours. Like, cool. We went over there and we hung out for a couple hours with him. And then, like, shortly after he passed. But I got to see him. And we had a good time in his last moments with us. How many other people out there are going to be able to have the last moments with their grandparents or great uncles or whatnot? You know? So I took a picture of my uncle with my son that day. Uh, so one day I can say that was his, that was his, you know, that's his uncle Robert. This is, this is, um, one of your old, like oldest great uncles. You met him. You're just too young to remember, but I have a picture to say that you did, you know? So, uh, I feel sorry for the people who are, who might have to go out alone in a sense, like they get one person. And it's cool that they get that one person, but it'd be ever it'd be, be even better if they got they can get everyone they wanted to see, and anyone who wanted to go see them could go see them. But you can't right now, um, so I'm not I'm not cool with that. Um, the, so those at the uh, priority to list the third is going to have to be these businesses. And in the opening statement um, from the clip that I played, I was feeling the exact same way before I got sent this clip. There are, there is a time frame when businesses develop. So you can think of a lot of big businesses that are corporations now. Like if you think of Amazon, Costco, um, Apple, um, IBM, anything, they were once a little something. They were once just a, one store. They were once just a dot com, by its, but nothing else. Like, you know, Amazon is now everything. I mean, they have everything. There's nothing you can't find on Amazon. Um, They're pretty much just an upgrade of, of eBay. But eBay is the other stuff to me. Anyways, all these places were something small first. And then through innovation, they became what they are today. And they probably could be bigger. We don't know. But someone dedicated their time and money and and feelings, emotions driven into this business to make it as successful as it is today. And let's say a small business, they they're they're about 10 years away from being the next big thing. And they've only been 10 years in. People are still, you know, their, their family is still pouring blood and sweat and money into the into this business. And all of a sudden it shut down. You know, I was telling my fiance, like, you know what? Cheers is a good show. Cheers was an awesome show. It shows you what these like what these bars are to people. It's not a bunch of just alcoholics going in and acting a nut and 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 fighting and 
and doing all these crazies. That's not what all these bars are. These bars are at the corners of your streets. They invite people who've had a tough work week and develop this away from home family. So, and I was, you know, I'm thinking like, on, you know, maybe Monday through Friday, it's just the people like the mailman and <laughs> the other characters of the show who just kind of come in and sit in there for two or three hours and they go home. But the weekends is like everyone. And they, they may have a slow week, but they know the weekend will make up. You know, they'll have a 20, you know, occupation or occupational like people in there. And then by the weekend, they reach their capacity and they have to like stop letting people in because they but they count on that money. You know, they count on the college students to come in and have a good time. But now they don't. And that's just bars. You got to think about these restaurants that, you know, they anticipate that you, you don't realize if, if you have carry out, it is convenient to have carry out. But when you dine in, the place make more money. They can sell you a few more things. Like you come in, you're like, you want a beer? Yeah, I'll take a beer. All right, you guys want um, some more d'oeuvres? Yeah, appetizers? Yeah, we'll take an appetizer. You know, you guys want the main course? Yeah, you do the main course. You know, the main course comes with a dessert. You guys save any space for dessert? Sure. You know, optimistically, you're like, yeah, I'll take a dessert. And they're like, all right. The, the, you know, you your carryout was probably 20 bucks, but your dine-in was 70 bucks. Plus the tip that you leave for the waiter or waitress. So there's none of that going on right now. You, 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 I mean, you can dine in some places, but it's not. You can, they limit how many people you can have in. They limit the time that you can be there. You have to wear a mask to walk in, but you don't have to wear a mask to eat. That's That makes no sense at all. You know, I'm at work all day, eight-hour shift, wearing a mask. My 15-minute break, if I'm eating, I can take my mask off. If I'm on lunch, I can take my mask off. What what in those 45 minutes of break time has changed between the eight hours of my shift? So um, I think the U.S. is a little over 130,000 in deaths, which is from so that's from March until July. So it's five months. So between right three, four, like four months. Um, so from March to July, almost August, you're looking at 130,000. So that's, if you did that over, cause the numbers aren't going to go like the deaths is not going to climb at it. Like it was at the beginning, because apparently we're social distancing all this garbage, whatever you want to call it. And the, the, the death toll is not going to get as high as the, like the number ones through fives of what kills people every year, you know? And it's funny how those numbers went down all of a sudden. But people's diets didn't change. If anything, they're eating and drinking and smoking more because they can't go out and anywhere to do anything. You know, if you think if a person smokes and let's say uh, I used to smoke uh, cigarettes for a short amount of time. Um, But if you think if you start smoking on a day, you don't have to go to work. You could probably smoke a cigarette every two hours. You could probably go through a pack in a day. If you're if you're a chain smoker, you're probably going through two packs. But if you're working eight hours and you can only you know you only get three smoke breaks, you and you know some people go out there and suck cigarettes down. But you you go out there and you smoke, you know your, your three cigarettes and you come back in or whatever. You're smoking less. But now we've we've allowed people to continue to do these things while they're. Um, you know, while they're stuck at home or, you know, whatever they they can and can't do. 
uh, the working from home. I don't know. I'm against the working from home kind of a thing. I think you have to like it's a good to get out. And businesses are probably looking at these like corporations are probably looking at, oh, this is perfect. You know, I don't have to have any of these people come into the office and I can uh, still pay them and stuff is still getting done. But I think uh, being in the workplace creates diversity, just being around any any different person other than you. Uh, you'll be able to be able you learn who people are. You know, you can talk to people and have an understanding of people and build relationships with people. You know, like my mother used we used to go over to people. My mother's uh, work with house all the time and have dinners and Christmas and exchange gifts. Uh, one of the Myrna who used to work with my mother, she started her own um, um, tamale business. I was just talking about this earlier with people and we supported her tamale business Like we went and bought stuff from her restaurant. But, she, you know, if she didn't know us and we probably have never driven to those areas to buy that uh, to support her business. So so that's what going into the workplace um, generates for, for like office people. Obviously, retail and factory is different. But for, you know, places where you can just send an email from home or work from home. No, you need an office to go through. You need to be able to you don't want to bring work home. So you want to be able to be at work and then come home and be at home. That's there's, there's two different places. So. I don't, I don't want to get too, too far off track, but, um, but yeah, COVID, you know, COVID has forced people to, to, to stay at home. Um, and they're, they the deaths of stuff has went back, but COVID has been some of the cause of some of these deaths. But I think it, uh, if this person already had a heart disease, um, or, you know, something due to because they're smoking or their liver problems because they're drinking. They were, they're not dying because of COVID. COVID was part of their system, but they they were on a track to, you know, go from their bad habits that have been pushed on them more because they had to sit at home. I'm a homebody. I can sit at home and play video games all day, but there's some days where I want to get out and be active. That's me. Can you imagine the people who always want to get out and be active? The people who have to see the sunlight to 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 not be uh depressed do, do, uh, as, like that's part of health why can't we take that into consideration so um uh, one of the things that was pointed out at the beginning of the video as well was um like health things that were the numbers were fudged you know places were saying that people were dying due to COVID so that they could get more money, um, which is a, it's, it's factual. It's, it's, it has been up and down. So it's like, I'm, what I'm saying is subjective. I haven't found um, the exact hospital that had a person die from this specific. Cause it's not like I can just go access uh, death certificates, but that, someone gets into a car accident, they die because they had trauma from banging their head on the windshield. They come to the hospital, they have, they could have had symptoms of COVID-19 or something like that. They So they're going to say that they died from COVID so then they can get a, I forgot how much money the government sent per COVID case that you had and then per COVID death that you had. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, that's, that's, that's not actually, like they did, they died from head trauma. They didn't die from COVID. <sighs> So 2020 has sucked pretty much from like March until now. COVID was the first case. Uh, they're still trying to make it a problem. 
if they start trying to tell me I have to wear a mask in public, like in between buildings, you know, if you're a private business and you're paranoid and, you know, you're a germaphobe, you have employees that you worry about and you want to make people wear masks when you come into their business, fine. If I go to a state park, I'm not wearing a mask. If I go for a bike ride, I'm not wearing a mask. At the minute I step out of a building, I'm taking my mask off. You think police officers with all this stuff going on, you know, we're defunding the police anyway, but you, you think they're going to want to come and enforce this kind of law on you to arrest you? Um, to to give you tickets, I'm not paying that ticket. Like, I'm just not. <laughs> I am. I still want to live. I still have munchkins. I still want to live. I, I still want to gain experiences. There's a lot of things to do. I do not want to be walking around at the beginning of a zombie apocalypse. So, I keep making fun of this scenario, saying this is how the like. I always wonder how the zombie apocalypse starts. It, you know, like. It, Everything you see, it just goes from uh, everything's okay to complete chaos. This is the in between. <laughs> so, anyway, I'm not really paranoid about the zombie apocalypse. It'd be awesome, but I'm not really I'm not really paranoid about it. I live in a subdivision, so that's even um, easier to maintain. We just block off the streets and then let no one in. We just got to worry about people getting in through the backyard. <laughs> um, anyways, the last people that I feel, uh, you know, I worry about the most and we, we probably don't think about them as much, but are the entertainers. <clears throat> so, um, I remember watching this, um, video about TLC and they were talking about how they went broke and they're saying, so you, they get their money from their albums. So they put an album out, they get, it's like three cents or something every time for every album that they sell. Uh, but then they have to pay all of these other uh, third parties, like their uh, distribution, managers, all these people get paid off of it. So where they make their money from and how I understand it to be are the concerts and shows that they put on. That's where they get their actual cash. So, you know, if it wasn't for Jennifer, we probably wouldn't have any money saved. I I spend money as I get it. Like I live by my. I don't like go broke every week. I don't. I don't want to say go broke, but I'm never like things don't get tight every week. Uh, there was there's times where I can like I managed to not go spend my money like crazy and and hold on to it. But uh, you know, sometimes I I splurge. So if it wasn't for her being able to set money aside, uh, I'd be almost paycheck to paycheck. But with that being said, that happens at all levels. I, you know, when I first started Costco, I made $11 an hour and it worked, you know? And then over time, I, you know, I climbed the ladder. I think I was making like 18 hours on my head, Avery. And then now I'm up to like $28 an hour. Um, and I, you know, I'm still like, you know, I, instead of me driving a, a $250 car, I'm buying a almost $400 truck. So, you know what I'm saying? So I, some people do it, not all, but I was one of I'm one of those people who like every time I get a little bit more money, I add a little bit more to my plate. But that happens at all levels. You think professional football players go broke? I forgot it's a large percent, like eighty percent, over eighty percent of uh, players after they retire um, go broke. I, it's it's a fact. Um, 
it was a special on it on one of the um, streaming services, maybe like H- HBO, Netflix, something, one of them. But players talk about what they do when it, you know they're out there investing. Uh, they're buying these expensive things, like super big houses, so many cars, uh, just ridiculously stupid stuff because they don't, you know, they they have this idea that they just you can't die with money. You can't, but it says you can leave it to somebody who you hope could, they can benefit from it. Um, but the, the the entertainers, probably some of them are living by their means. Some of them haven't made it big yet, and they're on their way, but this has shut that down. And now they have to find another way. And they may not even get back to that that way. Uh, and I, th- you know, I think about some of the entertainers who are well-established, we're probably going to do something different this year, promote something this year. Now they're not going to get that. Uh, another um, entertainment, we're on track. We're changing our life around. They're going to start getting endorsements from, you know, whoever, Nike, whatever. But they can't because they're not in the spotlight anymore. I mean, yes, they, they are lucky, wealthy people. But just like everyone else, uh, they have a life too. And this is their living. They just make money for being good at what they do. And they make more of it, but I still feel I feel sorry for them. I think about you know the people who I like the most, like uh, like let's say Trey Songs, who he's not the he's not like everyone's favorite R&B star. He's not like a Michael Jackson or a Drake or anything like that. He's more of your like you know your B level entertainer. But and we, I've gone to his shows and it's always a, it's a small venue, so he's not making a ridiculous amount of money. He's making good money, and he's probably living by the means of that money, anticipating his next show. Now, am I am I saying that's wrong for him to be thinking that way? No, I mean I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's just how it is sometimes, and we've cut that out. So there you have it. I feel so sorry for the business owners, or all levels, small business and big business, um, the the grandparents and and great uncles. You know, your elderly. Uh, and for most of the kids, like they, you know, they're the next level to life. And lastly, the entertainer. So um, I just want you guys to think about that. Like, is is it as serious as we're as we're making it? Like, I know you probably have some people who've had complications from COVID, but you've also have you have some people who've been had complications from the flu or tuberculosis, like it was stated in an open show. Have you had people who 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 have died from car accidents or heart disease, but they don't decide to stop smoking? Um, I think. I think uh, obesity is up there, but people are not can't be as active. I haven't played basketball in a long. That's that's good cardio for me. Uh, and the people that was one of I think I think that's one of like the top ten things of uh, of death. So um, and it's um, you know still killing people, but it's not a it's not an issue. But this is all of a sudden, so. Uh, the more it goes on, the less, the less real I, I think it is. So, anyways, that's all I got for you guys today. Um, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. I will. I'm not gonna wear a mask, and I'm gonna play some volleyball tonight. So, till next time, guys.